The COVID-19 pandemic has caused veterinary professionals to rethink everything about our practices. But perhaps we need to rethink how we're communicating with clients about our practices. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And client communication continues to be an area that we as veterinary professionals can improve upon. And I think that one of the benefits of going through this global pandemic might be that we are re-examining and re-evaluating and improving nearly every tenant of daily practice. So this week, we're going to discuss some of the ways that we communicate with clients to help manage their expectations and improve our outcomes based on what we've learned during this pandemic. But before we get into that discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, we once again did try to avoid talking about coronavirus as much as possible, but it kind of led us to this, what's on the other side and what can we learn? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know how much I don't want to talk about this virus and I want there to be something else. But I think what I guess I'm trying to do is, is always, as always, is find the silver lining in the highlights and... You know, we talked a lot about how flexible practices and the individuals within them became very quickly, basically overnight, and then how we've had to kind of communicate differently with our clients. And, you know, we were talking about a friend of yours who had an experience that didn't match his expectations, and it got us to thinking about you know, coronavirus, COVID or not, how do we set our clients up for success when they come into the practice? And, um, you know, I think sometimes we forget that maybe they don't know what to expect. Yeah. And before I share that story that just happened yesterday, I want to, first of all, just applaud and congratulate veterinary professionals all around the world for being so incredibly adaptive and flexible. I mean, if we have learned nothing else, it's that we can take some duct tape and a a toothpick and put together anything, Becky. I mean, this profession has rallied in a way that I am so proud to be a member of. But more importantly, we serve the public good and we continue to do it. I mean, obviously, this this is far from over. But yet we just sort of almost immediately sprung into action, coalesced, got some best practices, started creating communities all over the world and started saying, hey, look, this is working for me or I'm having a challenge over here. And Becky, I just I mean, I'm just so proud. Yeah. Well, I I honestly don't think there was a choice, right? Because we are in this industry and we do what we do to take care of pets. And there is literally nothing that will come in the way between veterinary professionals and taking care of pets, right? I mean, it's what we do. And as much as we often talk about how slow and resistant to change the profession is, I think that can be because in their mind it's working. Um, But what they knew was what they were doing was not going to work in these current conditions and that they were going to have to adapt. And boy, did they really show up to make that happen. And I just believe it's because at the end of the day, they'll always do what they have to do to do good medicine. Right. And so today we want to talk about one specific area, and that is client communication. And really, I would bake into that managing expectations. And I think that in my nearly 30 years as a veterinary professional now, um, I would say that when a client came into an appointment, an exam, a visit, knowing fully what to expect, like having a clear vision of I'm going to need these samples, I need to bring in poop, I'm my dog's going to go to the back for, for blood taking, whatever, right? Step by step by step, including 
estimates. They knew about how much it was going to cost and all that stuff. Those are the ones that had the happiest outcomes, right, Becky? It was often the ones that the client came in and they're like completely oblivious, had no idea what was going on, and their expectations didn't meet reality, and therefore they fell, we fell short, right? That's when complaints and friction began. Sure, right? It, I think that's life. Like we have an expectation of an outcome, and then we face reality. And you know, there's always the perception of reality and then there's actual reality, but we have a responsibility for aligning those. And I just kind of thought about the fact how like, well, so first of all, you know, I have anxiety and you and I both really share a fear of the dentist, right? Right, And so like my dentist knows that I have to, like my hands are sweating just when I said the word dentist. Um, You have to, like he knows I have to know exactly what's going to happen. Like, okay, what tooth are we going to work on? What order does this go in? Who am I going to see? And if he strays from that, he knows it results in a complete meltdown for me. And that is a fear-based response. And when we – I think we forget that sometimes people are scared coming to the vet. They feel uneasy. They feel – like they don't know what to um, do or believe or expect. And they and it's not an area that they have knowledge. So I think it becomes extra intimidating. And I don't know that we rise to the occasion to make sure that they come in knowing what's going to happen to alleviate that stress. Because I think we forget. We don't know what their prior experiences were. And so suddenly if we do things very differently or even sometimes subtly differently, then that's enough to sort of throw them off. And so I think that I will continue to advocate for, hey, let's really make sure that we are over communicating with clients, really laying out what they can expect. I I know one of the early things I did in in this uh, COVID thing, I made a video and I said, hey, you should probably make a quick video of what people can expect when they pull up, right? Because it's going to look different. Like the doors may be closed or maybe signs up. You may be all outdoors and masked. And so the more you can transparently communicate that expectation when they show up. They're not suddenly like freaked out. Like say, whoa, what did I do? Just walk into a biohazard zone or something? And and that would lead me to this story real quickly. And so um, a friend of mine in California had to take his cat in for a very minor minor medical skin type of problem yesterday. So, um, and this clinic is, is a really good clinic, great reputation uh, in the area, great veterinary team. Uh, and he loves them. He's been a longtime client there. But he called to make the appointment. And the first thing that he asked me about was he said, they said that they could only see my cat in the afternoon. Well, they had taken some advice. I think that I had given a couple of months ago about saying, hey, staggered scheduling, you may want to like try to do your annual visits in the mornings and and maybe the sick pets in the afternoon whenever possible to help reduce the, the risk of, of potential contamination or infectious spread in your hospital, right? So if cat or, or people or whatever. And so he didn't understand why they could only see him in the afternoon. And so it wasn't until later that someone actually explained to him that they were trying to kind of put those cases in the afternoon and keep like the puppies and kittens and wellness, right? So, and he was super down with that. But then he goes to the appointment, right? So he has the appointment scheduled at like 2 o'clock p.m. And he drives up and he's greeted by a closed door and a big sign that says, go back to your car and call us and we'll tell you what to do. (laughs) Right. So Becky, you know, and look, this guy is super low key, great guy, great pet parent. I mean, the the 10 out of 10 client, the A out of A, B, C, D. Right. Um, And so he was a little confused. Right. So so he goes back to his car, he says he calls the number. It's a different number than their clinic, which I think is clever on one hand, but it was a bit confusing to the client not expecting this. Right. It's a different number because they were using this just for people that drove up. Right. 
But, you know, and again, he starts already raising questions. Becky, he was like, well, why couldn't I text them, right? Why couldn't I have told them I'd be there at 205? You know, there's a lot of ways that they could have managed it. But regardless, he calls, he does this, they go in, they, the people come out to the car, they're in ma- mask and gowns, he said. Um, and so they take the cat back inside. Uh, the vet calls him a period of time later, explains to him what he needs to do. They pass the phone to another staff member, give an estimate. He gives a credit card information over the phone. I mean, yada, yada, yada. They bring the cat back out. I mean, you kind of get this. But the reason that I bring this story up is because he called me to say two things. Number one, he goes, hey, it was kind of weird when I showed up and I'm greeted by a sign that said, go back to your car, right? Number mm-hmm. two, he said, you know, um, and, and he's a friend, so he also follows my videos. He said, I kind of expected them to do like a video conference, right, with my cat, to, you know, especially when this was a lesion that the cat had. So, you know, he thought it would be nice if, if he had had, a, as he saw, said, a, a face-to-face, right? So like a FaceTime or whatever, you know, Skype type of call on his phone to explain it. So he felt like that was a little weird. And then the second thing was he was like, you know, I never saw the vet, which sounds like it's not a big deal. And right now, many of you are probably going, that's my dream job. This is what I've wanted my whole life. It's like not to have to deal with people. But, you know, from a client perspective, he was like, I never even got to see the vet, which I think going back to that early article I wrote three months ago, I think that vacancy is going to leave a lot of clients, pet parents, aching for something a little more, right, Becky? So, so, so that that's the framework for today's conversation. So, Becky, what are some of the areas right there that you think maybe that vet clinic, or, and we could all learn from this, could have communicated more clearly the expectations? Sure. I mean, I think there are obviously a lot of things that they could have done, um, and it's just a matter of how. Now, so like, let's pick this out apart a couple of ways. Number one, um, like I get it. New technology is hard. I, shopping for technology is hard. Don't even talk to me about technology right now. I just put on a virtual conference last weekend. I get how hard right. technology is. But your clients want to text you. Um, I literally choose like my healthcare team based on how technology convenient they are to me. Um, so first and foremost, there needs to be a texting service. And the reason I say this is because it is a perfect opportunity to shoot off an automated message that presents the expectations for the visit, whether we are in pandemic or not. So in this case, there could have been easily been an automated text message that says, um, how the visit's going to go and what to expect. The other great thing about this is if there is technology needed for the visit, say you are going to do a Zoom or a Skype or something like that, you can include those links before they get there. So you have the opportunity to set the client up for success that way. Um, Number two, delivery, right? So um, assigning your door that says go back to your car is is probably not the thing, right? Like Because number one, you should have known before you got there, you probably didn't need to get out of the car. Number two, um, wording. Words matter. They always matter. And then three, um, it's a matter of just continuing the relationship. Um, And so I had to take my dog the other day to the vet because I overreacted, um, which is fine. (laughs) That's what vets are there for. That's why Dr. Zielinski, shout out to him, is really good about being my vet and knowing that I give my dogs cancer on a semi-weekly basis and he talks me down. (laughs) So up we go. The technician, when she came to come out and get Maggie, was like, this is what will happen now. Like she took that time to explain and said, we'll do this. We'll do that. The vet will be out to talk to you. 
And then in this case, so Dr. Zelensky is actually coming out and talking to the clients in the parking lot, which I super respect and super appreciate. God bless him trying to find us all in the different vehicles, you know. Um, But she then took the opportunity to tell me what to expect next. And that was helpful. Um, So it is all about just setting up the expectations. But again, so then the flip side of that is setting up the expectations and then not killing your CSRs, which right, is why you need right. to find some of these automated, like work smarter, not harder when you have all this technology to help you do that. Yeah, that's a really good point because you can see in this example that really happened in a really great clinic in a high tech part of the world, you know, there were opportunities to insert technology to automate certain processes. And I love the fact, Becky, that you say, hey, you can just overwhelm your CSRs, your reception staff. If you just, you know, because somebody here is answering the phone, they're probably doing the billing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. Um, and and then the other part, too, that I, I do like, see, my friend said, I never got to see the vet. Now, sure. I think he was actually, the code was, why didn't he FaceTime me? I think that would have, like, if his veterinarian, if she had just FaceTimed him, I think that would have absolved that risk that of, of sort of saying, uh, I didn't quite get everything I thought I was going to get. But, you know, again, coming out to the car, we're just going to have to we're going to have to really critically analyze it. So, you know, viewfinders, if you're out there today, I, we want to hear what you're doing. But more importantly, I want to encourage you to take one step back and say, how does this look and feel for our clients and where can I improve? Yeah, you make a great point there, right? We always talk about work with the animal in front of you. So I guess work with the client in front of you because it's really easy for you and I to sit here and say, use your technology, send your Zoom links, do the right thing. But then like I can hear our people out there that are like, okay, listen, and I'm not picking on anybody, right? This is like not shaming, but they're like, you know, I live in Central Florida and all of my clients are over 70 and technology is like not a thing. We're not, we don't need to deal with IT problems with our, our, our clients. Um. And I'm not trying to categorize people there, but you get what I'm saying. Or, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere. There is no cell reception here. You know, there are a million obstacles to the reasons that that doesn't work for you. But there is always a way to help set your clients up one way or another for their visit and their and, and what's happening. And I guess most importantly, if you're in a time like this where things are crazy and different, right? So if anything different is going to happen, we want to set our clients up for that. Um, If you have a new policy, okay, you know, um, when this turns over and the lobby is back open, uh, whatever that looks like, because honestly, vulnerability sucks for everybody. And when you go into a waiting room and it's full of people or when you're like that person who's walking up to a door, like when you think a business is closed, but maybe open and you're just like weird and you're not like touching, but you're like trying to read or you're like yanking on the door eight times to figure out why it's locked. Like those moments suck for everyone, right? So can we not set our clients up to have that moment just because we are so used to our routine? Well, I love what you said there. And, And again, viewfinders, one of the things that I've been trying to do over the past three months or so is answer some of these questions and give some observations and advice. So if you go over to Dr. Ernie Ward, you know, I've, I've been making these blogs. I mean, Becky touched on one thing. I, I made a, a post last week about don't forget to use your telephones because there are a lot of clients, older clients or just whatever, don't have the latest smartphones who are intimidated by some of this high tech. So if you say we're going to video conference, some clients, some pet parents are going to be like, uh, no, I don't, that sounds really complicated, right? So we've got to make sure that we're offering low-tech telephone style, you know, 
communication conduits, if you will. So I, I, again, I wrote a, a blog, I did a video on all this stuff. So, you know, I think it's, I'm trying to help with this because Becky, you nailed it right there. My mom, you know, in her mid seventies, like she's, she wants to do this stuff and she does her best, but even her doctor, you know, they have, they've had a bit of a struggle with some of the telemedicine uh, visits for her, right? Because she has trouble. And then, you know, I think her doctors had some trouble back and forth. So it's, it's a little bit of a nightmare. The other thing too, that uh, like Becky keeps saying is, you know, when things are different, you have to explain why it's different and how it's different. And so I did a post a couple of weeks ago now on, let me see, the the actual physical name of it was the, the top five veterinary client communication messages post-quarantine. And Becky, what I was trying to do was think about what should we be, be communicating now? This was a couple of weeks ago. But as we begin to reopen our clinics and as business starts to resume some version of normalcy, you know, how do we make sure that our clients understand what this new normal? is kind of. And so simple things like right now, you may have had limited hours. So you need to tell them when you're open, right? I mean, I, I can't believe how many, uh, I had a friend of mine a month ago, right? During the middle of the, of the COVID thing, Becky and her Google Maps. So if you search for their clinic and you found her clinic, it said all the hours were normal, right? Yeah. They weren't normal. So she had not updated her Google Maps listing, her Google website listing. So, you know, again, it's paying attention to that simple thing. So what are your hours, right? Um, and then what services are you providing? Now, hopefully you're like a lot of clinics across the country and you're kind of back to normal, but let's say that you're seeing well pets in the morning and sick pets in the afternoon. Let's say that you're only doing spays and neuters two days a week, right? I mean, I don't know, you may have had some changes or disruptions in your schedule due, due to either your staff issues or, or just, you know, demand or whatever, but that's, you want to communicate what you're doing and when you're doing it. Again, when, what, what you don't want to do is surprise somebody. And I, I can imagine Becky, they're probably walk-in clinics that have been really struggling with this, right? You know, just somebody shows up and we're not prepared or ready for it. You know, I think it's also really important that we explain how we're keeping people safe. And I did a, a kind of a, a, a bit of a, it's taken off a little bit uh, video last week and a blog on, on we, are we going to be the veterinary face mask police, right? So what happens if your city says, hey, you've got to wear a face mask in public? What happens if a client comes in and they don't have a mask? You know, what if they don't want to wear a mask? So I'm trying to help allay those types of challenges. And I know you and I have had a lot of que- uh, discussions and questions about that offline, but you've got to tell how you're keeping people and the pets safe in your clinic. And then I really think, like Becky said, this is that opportunity to communicate about, you know, how we joy, the joy that we find from pets, right, Becky? I mean, I think that too often in times of crises, we focus on the crisis and we don't go back and find the happiness. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's... (laughs) <laughs> like I can't even get my words together because for me, it's how I deal with stress. Like, I, right. and I'm learning that about myself is like, no, like it's just my coping mechanism is like, okay, we'll find the good. We'll find the good. That's not always a good thing and a healthy thing, um, but it is how I cope. And because of that, I do feel like it is kind of a gift because I see so much good. I see so many cool things happening. I see so many people pulling together and taking care of each other. And like in a profession where we talk about a lot of bullying and a lot of backstabbing and a lot of badness, man, we are really 
doing a lot of helping, pulling together, showing love, showing patience right now. And I actually think there's a lot of really cool things to come from what we've learned, what we've been through. Um, I think there's always good in these bad situations when you and I really don't think you have to look that hard to see right. it because it's like falling all over the place. So, um, you know, there's just good. There's just good everywhere. Um and we can be part of that good. We can be part of that positive experience. Or we can be part of the badness of it. So um, we're all going through a thing. And uh, we all kind of got to look out for each other in it. But, you know, aside from the thing, you know, the pandemic, like, we're always going through something. All of us are going through yeah. something. And when we are dealing with our I, – I don't care if you're just coming in for a Bordetella booster. Like, that's somebody's kid. That's somebody's fur baby. Yeah. And it's stressful and it's already been stressful. They've, they've rode over in the car with them, whatever it is. Um, we have to take care of everybody, you know? And, um, I think that the goggles of that we've put on in this pandemic has, I hope we just kind of leave that film over it because it's, (laughs) we're doing a lot of good. We are. Well, and I'll tell you too, um, we've got to be super sensitive during these next several months to a year or whenever, right. Till we really have a vaccine or some kind of cure, uh, for, for, COVID-19 um, to our clients' concerns. Uh, I was speaking with a veterinarian two weeks ago in South Carolina. South Carolina began resuming normal practices ahead of some other parts in the country, including where we live back in North Carolina. And so this veterinarian, you know, we were talking about this and she said, yeah, I saw a bunch of your videos and I think some of it's good, but you know, we're, we're, we're coming back to normal next week. So this was right before they were opening back up. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, the governor's lifted all the bans and so we can go and, you know, do all our non-essential things. And I said, that's great. But, you know, obviously, number one, we still have to consider public health. And number two, just because you aren't as concerned about it, your clients may be, right? So I think we've got to be doubly sensitive moving forward because we as medical professionals, some of us may conclude that, hey, the risk is very minimal, but you may be encountering a client who is just like freaked out. They are so scared. Or again, we don't know what's going on in their life. They're, they've got a family member who has, you know, cystic fibrosis, you know, pulmonary, you know, respiratory disorders, right? Uh, Becky, I mean, we've really got to make sure that we are not cavalier about this moving forward. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like there's this like fine line between obviously not being cavalier, um, being confident in our decisions to whatever they are. Um, Which just total side note here needs to involve your entire team because everyone has to be on the same page. Everyone has to agree. Everyone has to be invested or you're going to have craziness And and be comfortable. Be be very comfortable. Yeah. That's what it – yeah. It has to be a team anyway, but that's a whole other thing. Um, You know, but I think that we've got to um, make sure that we don't scare people, but we respect people. And that's kind of a hard thing. And it's an interesting thing to think about. And I, I personally, you know, I don't know exactly where this is going to go, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about how we will change this in the future. Like for me as a consultant, you know, I have practices asking about like, okay, we have been semi paperless and now we really feel like we need to be paper paperless. But then again, we have several shifts and, you know, several computers, like all of a sudden you become so aware of the contaminants in your clinic and trying to think about the best 
best ways to deal with those. And it can be really overwhelming. And then also just keeping up the emotional morale in your clinic while things are just extra stressful and hard. And I think it's just important to remember that when you go back to changing, it is just as stressful and hard. And so the right, team right. needs that cultivation and that help and that time to feel a part of it. But um, I don't know. It's going to be crazy to think about, like, will we leave these six-foot markers up in checkout right. lines? Will we um, still want to limit the number of people that are available? Will we, will we be disinfecting our chairs in the lobby every time? Or are we going to kind of just get lackadaisical again? I yeah. don't know. And nobody knows. And right, Becky, right. though, you just, uh, to, as we kind of wind down today's conversation on this, you really brought up another good point that bears further exploration. And that is, oh, okay, look, we know that change can be tumultuous and a challenge and even intimidating for a lot of people. We're throwing a lot of change at our staff right now. Yeah. And so Becky was sort of ex, you know, exalting the, the power of, of coming together as a team to make these decisions, make sure everybody feels invested and involved and comfortable. But Becky, I mean, speak to that, right? We're throwing a a lot of stuff in a short amount of time at our teams. And some of our staff members are like, you know, going, whoa, I'm not so sure. Sure. I mean, again, and, you know, not to be just like totally out there, but like as, as somebody who does, again, have anxiety, which I think a lot of our type A people, whether you want a clinical diagnosis or just a life preference, we don't like change. Right. We like order predictability and a little bit of control over it. Um you know, so when we take that away, it it just takes like for me, even good change can cause me a, a lot of stress in my brain. Like even if it's like, oh, hey, we're not going to do this because we just won a million dollars. Now we're going to go with this. That's exciting. But I still like my brain just like totally jams on breaks, just hits the wall and has to like recover. Yeah. And We've talked before, right, about knowing the personality types and the colors yeah. and all the, like, different systems of, of your staff so you can kind of know who will be and who will be more and less adaptable to change. Um, but it is it is truly something you need to respect and allow your teams to respond to differently. People are going to have different reactions to change. Um, as managers, as coworkers, we need to look out for each other and say like, hey, are you okay? Do you just need an afternoon to process? Like we have to right. look out for each other that we're going to be going through this. Yeah. And that that's really, that's exactly what I want to express to viewfinders once again, is use your empathetic superpowers. Be highly sensitive and in tune with the emotional states of those around you. I mean, that is how you help them elevate their thinking. That's how you help them overcome fears and anxiety. But you really have to be in tune with what's going on in your world. Yeah. And like, honestly, if you're not in tune, then ask. Like, right. There's a lot of people who are like, look, I have no radar. Okay. Like, but that's part of the radar right there. It's right. ask. You got to turn it on. That's exactly right. But it is uh, open dialogue, I guess is yeah, what I'm trying right, to say right. is even if you aren't like, if you, if you don't notice anything, then just, Hey, like you look like you're doing good. I feel like you're doing good, but I just want to do a double check-in. Are you doing as good as you look? Yeah. Um, yeah. cause I'm not getting a vibe that you're not and you seem really okay, but I care about you and you're part of this team. And I just, just want a verbal check-in. Um, or if you're just not a person who has a very good empathetic radar, then find your way to connect or find the empathetic person, the person in the clinic and make them ask or ask them how everyone's right. doing. Find your queen bee who's in everybody's business. I don't know what you need to do, <laughs> but you need to find out how your staff is doing. It's your job. Yeah, it is. And that's how we stay safe. That's how yes. we stay sane. sane. And that's how we stay productive, I think, you know, during this time, because we don't even know the change that's about to come forward. You know, I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, last 
past week, Becky. And uh, here's a question we all should be asking ourselves. Hey, what number will I be when the vaccine actually comes out? Like, how are we going to distribute this? Who will get them first, right? I mean, so will we, as part of the essential workforce, be first in line? Or are we going to be like, I mean, wow, right? So there's going to be a lot of change, a lot of challenges still left to to go on this battle against COVID-19. So if you find us, that's just one little bit of the conversation we wanted to have with you today. And that is about over-communicating with our clients, making sure we're as transparent with the experience as possible. How can we do it? You know, are you creating videos that say, hey, Mrs. Smith, or, you know, hey, clients, this is what you can expect. And then sort of give them a quick little sped up version of what to, what's going to happen when they roll up. Or are they going to be meeting with a sign that says, greeted with a sign that says, hey, please go back to your car and call us. You know, we want to hear from you. You can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Vet Viewfinder. We're still over at Twitter as well at Vet Viewfinder. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you can head over to Apple iTunes, we would really enjoy and appreciate hearing what you think about the show. Leave us a comment so that we get your feedback and five stars if you want to. Yep. And share this content with a colleague. Until next time, Viewfinders, stay safe. Give your pets a hug. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm good. I know we're both like...